What is going on, everyone? Script Rudder Steve right here. It is February 23rd, 2021. You've reached my podcast, Barbecue 2 Movies. We've got some very positive vibe music playing. It's very positive. Can you feel that? Yeah, today I thought I'd turn down the anger a little bit. Focus on the good things today. Yeah, I have no notes today. i just going to talk and talk and talk. But I want to put a very positive spin on everything. So if you don't want to hear angry political talk or angry barbecue talk or you don't want to hear complaining, then you better tune out right now. Oh, am I joking? I may complain a little. I can't help it, right? But again, I want to keep it positive. All right, I'm going to turn this down. How is everyone going, everyone? This is scriptwriter Steve. Oh, I had a I had a great day today. Um, you know, our business. Uh, I own a wedding company. If you, in case you don't know about that, and it's called Dream Wedding Soy. Uh, during COVID, we were hit really bad. I think I did my last wedding uh, before the lo- lockdown. I think sometime in March, and uh, I was very hopeful that maybe things would turn around in a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. And uh, I had no idea that it would be almost a year before we would actually have um, anything anything close to normal. And uh, right now, I have to say that bookings are up. People are traveling to Hawaii. Uh, they're finding a way, even though it's a pain in the behind, pain in the ass. Why don't we just say it that way? Uh, to get to Hawaii, um, they're coming. They're jumping through all the hula hoops there, and uh, they're coming here, which is great. Um, Today, I just married, I think, uh, you know, we, we did a surprise vow renewal today. And then the, the couple who we did the surprise vow renewal for, we married them 15 years ago on the beach and uh, over there in uh, Ko'olina. And it was really interesting because uh, you know, I remember seeing them. But then they told me the story because 15 years ago, I was just starting my company. I, I think I've been in this business for 20 years, but I think Dream Weddings Hawaii, I think is only about 15 or 18 years old. I, it, but I think I've been in this business for about 20, year, 20 years or a little bit more than, than that. Um, but they told me this, uh, this story that on the day of their wedding, the videographer didn't show up. And I said, that's weird. Like, who, did you, who did you book the videographer for, um, through? And they said... We actually booked it through you guys. I said, really? Our videographer didn't show up? And then it dawned upon me. And I said, that's right. Our videographer, this is when I first started my wedding company. Uh, I, uh, right now, in my wedding company, I do everything myself. So I do the photography and the video at the same time. And the reason why I got to that point of doing video at the same time was because at one wedding, the videographer who we hired didn't show up. He he was a no-show. Actually, he showed up at the wrong beach. And this was a guy who we booked all the time. And uh, he just, he screwed up. He showed up at a beach that was maybe maybe 30 miles away. So there was no way we could get this thing going. And again, this couple just had the worst of luck. Like uh, they had the flu that day. They could, they lost their voice. Um, the videographer didn't show up. I said, oh my. And I said, oh my God, this is just so unprofessional. And uh, after that, after that day, I said, you know what? I can't, I can't depend 
on anyone because some of these guys, even my close friend who's a videographer, showed up at the wrong freaking beach, even though on his text message and he checked it and his email, it said show up to Koolina. This guy shows up in Waimanalo. Crazy. Just like flat out just dumb. Like flat out dumb. And so after that, I started doing my own video for my own wedding company. And again, till this very day, that's the reason why I do my own video because of their wedding and their videographer not showing up. You know, you know, the really crazy thing about it is that videographer, he still wanted to get paid, even though he showed up at the wrong freaking beach. Oh my God. Oh, what did I say though? I'm trying to stay positive, right? So the positive spin to this is that I, I do everything myself. Uh, today's sp- a surprise vow renewal. It went great, by the way. It was, uh, it was nothing but a blast. Uh, you know, um, usually how I do these things is that I have the wedding couple, uh, face the ocean. Well, not the wedding couple, the, I guess the couple who's already married, right? Face the ocean. And then I'm doing the pictures of them. And then I have the minister sneak up around from the front. And then the bride, you know, the, or the wife at right that time is just surprised. Like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, wait a minute. You're the guy who actually married us 15 years ago. And, and then the, the groom or the husband, right, uh, breaks everything to, uh, to the wife. And she was just in total surprise. And I photographed that moment. And it was great. So we, re- we renewed their vows over on the North Shore instead of on the West Shore. Uh, same minister. Uh, back then, I shot all on film. And uh, they remember me saying, hey, you know what? I'm never going to change to digital, but here I am shooting digital. Uh, that night, I mean, that day, they, um, on their wedding day, 15 years ago, they wanted to take sand uh, from the beach. And, uh, and, I, and I didn't, they didn't have anything to put the sand in. So I lent my shirt. I took off my shirt and we put sand all in my shirt. And then, and then we carried it to their car. So, uh, yeah, that's how far I go for my clients sometimes, you know, you know getting half naked for them. But, but that's about it for that. Um, you know, but that was just, you know, things are getting back to normal here. It's not exactly normal, but, you know, it's a lot better than it was before. Um, and uh, I hope things are getting a lot more positive on your side. But that's all I have to really say right now about this. You know, um, just hold on. I'm going to go cut to commercial soon. But, you know, I, j- I just wanted to focus on some really positive things today. All right, guys? All right. So I'm going to cut to commercial. And I'll promise I'll have something to talk about when I get back. What's going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer-in-chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, eloping, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S. That's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. So look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. 
Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. All right, everyone. Hope you're back with me. I know I'm not complaining about politics today. I'm not talking barbecue. You know what? I'm going to continue on this happy mode today. I'm going to... This happy slope. Why don't we say that? That's why I got this positive music playing, right? I'm going to soak this in here right now for a little bit. All right, I'm turning this down. All right, so how are you feeling You know, now that COVID is on its way down? Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about the vaccines. I am still actually on the fence uh, regarding you know, whether or not I'm going to get the vaccine. I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. My friends have got, gotten it. Uh, no adverse side effects. And then I've also seen some other YouTube videos uh, from some very, very respectable doctors uh, who flat out are just you know, saying some really bad things about it. And I don't think they're flat earthers, right? Um, they are anti-vaxxers. And let's be clear about that. They are anti-vax. They are against all anti... I mean, they're against all vaccines, period. Uh, but, you know, I want to listen to everyone. You know, um, just because they're so-called believing conspiracy theories, they are doctors and they have an opinion, right? Uh, but right now, my friends who have gotten it, they've just complained about a sore arm. Uh, I know for a fact that, uh, there was an old lady over one of our florists, uh, she got it. Uh, she qualified for it because she's old enough. And, uh, the first time she got it, her arm hurt. So the doctor told her, take Tylenol before you take the shot the next time. So she did. And the second time her arm didn't hurt at all. Then, and that's the main complaint when you, when people are getting these, uh, vaccines is that it feels like someone gave them a big Charlie horse. So, you know, whether, whether or not you're going to get the vaccine or not, you know, that's really up to you. I'm still on the fence because, again, if I don't get it, I have a 99. You know, 99.875 chance of living if I get the virus. And plus, on top of that, I take a, a vitamin called or a, a pill called quercetin, which is an ionophore, and it's combined with zinc. And that does cure, not really cure, but does fight a coronavirus of the common code. Now, whether or not it is effective against SARS-CoV-2, um, that's very debatable, but there is anecdotal evidence uh, whether um, that it is effective. And you know what? You'd be on the positive side. You know, I mean, right now I'm looking at all these uh, studies right now, and so far, uh, everybody who's been on quercetin, like a daily regimen, has not gotten infected. And those that have gotten infected, had no symptoms. So again, when you're infected, if you have no symptoms, that means you're flat out healthy, correct? That means your immune system can actually fight off COVID. So that's a really great thing. So if you want to take a look at it, you can you can get it off Amazon. It's called Quercetin. And uh, I'll get the spelling too. It's Q-U-E-R-C-I-T-I-N. Okay, quercetin, and uh, and you, you want to get it with zinc, all right? And it's not a drug, so you don't need a prescription. This is an over-the-counter medication. 
Uh, it's all natural, which is also great. Uh, but then again, not everything that natural is not everything that natural is good, right? I mean, not all all things that are natural. People think, oh, it's natural, so it's good. Well, carcinogens are natural. Nuclear nuclear energy is natural, right? Uh, uranium is natural. Radio radiation is natural. So UV rays are natural. So not not everything that is natural is good. Um, <laughs> I have to try to explain that to people. Um, but anyway, you know, my spirits are really high today. I mean, they're really good because, you know, I, I opened up my email today and uh, I had tons of tons of inquiries that were in for my weddings. And, you know, I haven't seen that for a long time. Uh, when I say inquiries, we're, we're talking about wedding couples who want to come down to Hawaii. And, uh, you know, I just talked to a wedding couple today and, uh, or a bride today, a future bride today, maybe, maybe a future customer. And she was very positive about the hopes of having a wedding for 50 people down here, down here during August. Now, um, that's very optimistic, but I think it's actually possible. I mean, I think I, I have high hopes for it because when I look at COVID across the nation and across the world, um, it really seems as though wherever, um, people are getting vaccinated. This virus is just nose diving. It is com- com- completely going straight down. It is diving faster than it actually went up. So it, remember, this was a virus. COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, was supposed to be a virus that exponentially infected everyone, right? I mean, it just climbed, 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 and climbed. But we're finding out that it didn't exponentially infect everyone. In fact, what's happening right now, though, it is exponentially disappearing. So again, just Google COVID-19 United States, and you'll see that graph just drastically coming down. Now, what's very interesting is that Dr. Fauci and Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, they don't want to admit this. They, they want to say that this, this um, virus will last till December of 2022, not 2021, 2022. And Fauci made, made this um, very negative, uh, I guess, prediction that maybe in December of 2022, that's when we can maybe think about taking off the mask. Now, Fauci, let's just say this. He's a flat-out idiot, right? And I'm saying that in a very positive way because what I'm saying is that, you know, when Fauci speaks, whatever comes out of his mouth, he does not believe in, all right? <laughs> My friend of mine, a friend of mine, I don't know where she found this, but she found raw video of Dr. Fauci taking off his mask after the camera stopped rolling. And he's had it around his chin, just walking around, hand on his hip, when the camera was off. And then the camera goes on, he puts the, he puts the mask back up. So he doesn't believe in his own crap. And, and, and then, but then that's another, that's a very positive thing in a way, because we know for a fact he's lying. He's actually lying out there. You know, he doesn't wear two or, or three masks and he, he doesn't wear his mask all the time. In fact, there's, there are other people in that room with him and he has the mask down. So he doesn't care. He knows for a fact it doesn't work. The question though is, why is he doing it? I, I think that's the question. Why? Why is Joe Biden wearing a mask? He got vaccinated twice and it's been longer than two or three weeks, two or three weeks, right? It has been longer than that. It's all for show. I mean, it's all, all of this is for show. Even the, even, the, even the, uh, the barriers, the walls, right, that are around DC, apparently those walls, you know, keep out white supremacists from like storming the Capitol. 
because they're in imminent danger. Like white supremacy is an existential threat. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Again, I was going to say I'm going to be positive, but I'm kind of turning negative. <laughs> but, you know, here's, here's, what's, here's something very interesting. You know, I've, I've been talking to some people and, uh, you know, COVID-19 has really affected a lot of them in a very negative way. I'm sure, you know, it, it, it probably may have affected you in a very negative way. Uh, you may have, you know, lost your business. You may have, uh, you, you may actually be not financially, financially secure as you were before. I can tell you that, uh, you know, I almost lost my wedding business and my, my, my finances are not good at all. They're not good at all. But I'm still very hopeful. And one thing you have to really make sure, and, and again, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor of the brain, but I do, I do know human behavior, all right? And I know that from writing. And I'm, I know I sound like a broken record when I keep, you know, saying, you know, trust me, I'm a professional storyteller. But again, in order to, in order to write the perfect story, you have to know characters. And in order to know characters, you have to know personal behavior because every single character out there if a story is written properly, is based upon a real personality trait. So character growth in real life is called personal growth. And you know, personal growth, the solution to personal growth and character growth is very easy. You have to stop complaining about the past, stop worrying about the future, and just live in the present because that's all you, can, you basically can control. Now, that's the solution, right? You let go of your fears, slow down your emotions, Try not to be as reactionary, you know, live in the moment. When I say reactionary, you know, so for example, if someone punches you, your first reaction is to punch back, right? And in fact, you know, that's the reaction for most of us, right? And then, but you have to slow, if you slow your emotions, put it on slow motion, right? Put, put your life, you know, from fast forward where you, you think you react immediately and you hit the slow-mo button, and if you can think in this slow motion way, then everything becomes a lot more clear, especially if you think slow-mo in the now. So that's kind of complicated, right, to think about. Like, But what I'm saying is that, yes, things will piss us off, especially in the now, right? You know, politics will piss us off right in the now. And a lot of things what I do on this podcast, when, you know, when I'm thinking in the now and getting that reaction... I'm just feeding into my anger and my fears and emotion, but I'm doing that on purpose so, you know, so I can rile my own self up for this podcast. But in reality, in real life, you know, I'm not like that. I am not like that, you know, that, that, that person who I'm playing on this podcast. I'm somewhat like that, but that's more like the unhealthy side of me, the, you know, the more histrionic side that I'm playing for this podcast, right? But my real self, I always try to slow motion my emotions. Hmm, that kind of rhymes there. Just made that up. So slow motion, my emotion, right? And again, <laughs> my, the past is the past. You know, stop complaining about it because we can't change it unless we have a DeLorean time machine, which apparently I don't because I think I told myself if I ever, if I ever create the DeLorean time machine or a, the flux capacitor, I'll come, I'll come back right now and visit myself and tell myself, hey, Steve, you actually invented the time machine. But apparently that, doesn't, that hasn't happened yet. And then again, you know, worrying about the, the future. You know, we all have goals. We all have, you know, but we, if we have an agenda, 
an, an agenda is different than a goal. If we make our, you know, agendas actually affect our well, our well being. So, for example, if it is your agenda to actually, you know, if, if it's your agenda to have a child and you're having a hard time having a child, then all of a sudden that stress puts the stress on your loved ones and everyone else and starts making you go, finan- starts making you, you go financially bankrupt. Then, and that affects your well-being and your happiness, then that's not very good. Now, a goal is much different because a goal won't, is the same thing as an agenda, except it doesn't affect your well-being. So, for example, you can have a goal of getting pregnant or having a kid, and then you can go through all the same things, but a goal, if you don't get it, you can always move the goalposts, like what the, what the Democrats do. Right, you can say, okay, we can't get pregnant this year. We'll try next year. We we'll try next month. We'll try this thing, but one thing it doesn't it doesn't actually affect your emotions because your well being is not tied to that to that goal. Right, you're not you're not obsessed with success, and that's the thing. When we become more mature, as, as we actually mature in life, you know, again, we're, when we're twenty in our twenties and our thirties, especially men. We are just obsessed with agendas and we are really preoccupied with success, trying to be someone, trying to, because we found our identity and we just want to actually, you know, prove that, man, we can get that good looking wife, we can get that good looking car, that, you know, that, all that, that good looking house and everything like that, right? And women are, are, are the same thing. I have to have a great body, I have to have all this and I have to be successful, I have to be independent, I have to be powerful. But the, again, if they don't get that, if that is their agenda, they don't get that, they're not happy. And that's the problem, you know. You know, you're thinking too much in the future, and and that agenda controls your happiness. So if you don't get it, you're unhappy. Okay, that's the thing. So that's what I am right now. Now, for myself, you know, and I'll be very honest with you with my goals for this podcast. You know, I, I want this podcast to do well. Um, you know, in my dreams, maybe this podcast may be a different source of income. But I'm happy doing this, doing what I'm doing now, and for the fact that I, I think I've only made about eight or nine bucks with it, I'm actually fine with that, you know, because I'm getting my voice out there. But but if one, you know, if one day it becomes something better, then yeah, that's great, you know. And I'm doing a lot of other things too with my um with uh with some screenwriting with stories and everything. I'm writing some stories, you know, you know, all for me, all for free. Uh, you know, I don't have an agent right now, but I'm doing it all for myself. And there are, you know, jobs on the horizon, but again, I don't care if I get them or I don't get them because it doesn't control me. All right? Even my wedding company, you know, I'm doing the best I can do now with the wedding company, with the couples I have now, with the clients I have now, I give them my best. And I am just depending, you know, everything just, you know, if you do your best every day, Right. And again, you know, it sounds like a broken record, but if you live in the now, because that's again, what you can control, everything in the future just kind of falls in place. Right. It, it really just does. And especially if you have a faith in God, you say, well, God, you know, Jesus, you're like in control of my future. You know, I'm not going to write the future for me. You know, the future, you're omnipotent. You know, I'm not omnipotent. I may want to go down this road, but maybe if I go down that road, it will lead to a very sinful life. So maybe it's not good for me to go down that road, but I don't know that. Only God knows that. And that's the way I live. Now, you may not believe in a God. You may be an atheist, and that's fine. 
But again, the, <laughs> the same rules apply though. The same, it's not to say you have to believe in a God, but it's just that don't let your agendas control which road you go down, right? You know, make, make the, make the, um, you know, make, make the choice. If you ever come to a fork in your fork in the road, make the choice and whatever choice you make, left or right, just live with it. Live with it. And if it's the wrong choice, then and it's just a trial, right? You back up and your life is still long and you can back up, you can correct, but no, don't make a big fuss about it. Because again, this journey of life that we're on, you know, it's, I mean, I wish it was, I wish it was as easy as going from point A to point B, but it goes every which way, every which way. And uh, again, you know, you know, just go along for the ride. <laughs> you know, I hate to sound like a hippie, but it's easier to just go along with the ride. And if, again, if that turn disappoints, then learn from it. You know, don't, don't make that mistake again. And again, you may make that mistake again, but don't beat yourself up about it, right? So, but that's just me. I'm getting very philosophical around here. Now, if you're wondering, you know, how do I know all of this stuff, right? Is that uh, I actually study, um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a form of personal behavior. Uh, it's a philosophy of personal behavior. It's called the Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And the Enneagram, it basically splits up the, um, the human psyche or the human personality, why don't we say that, into nine distinct personality types. And it's really interesting about this. If you have the chance, Google the Enneagram. And uh, if you learn these you know, nine different personality, personality types, you're, you're possibly one of them. Now, again, I don't like to stereotype people, but in this case, stereotyping actually, it kind of comes out pretty accurate. And if you learn all of these things... You can learn a lot about yourself. You can learn about, you know, your parents. You can learn about everyone you encounter. And if you, if you memorize them, like the back of your hand, like how I do, um, you know, you can become a very good storyteller. But on top of that, you can become a very good communicator because how you communicate different, how, how you communicate to people differently depends on the personality type. You know, like a if I encounter a strong challenger personality type, then I know I can kind of be myself. And kind of like, you know, poke fun at them and, and, and have fun and, and horseplay with them. And they're not going to be offended. But if I run into a, someone who's like a peacekeeper, I have to really handle them with kid gloves because they get offended. If I, I, I can't come out real strong with them. Uh, you know, a peacekeeper won't like my podcast because I'm much too an aggressive. I'm much too aggressive of a personality type. You know, and then the metaphoric thinkers out there, the type fours, the artists, you know, I mean, the, you know, the, the, who, who always are in search for an identity. Uh, they may actually have a hard time listening to my podcast as well because I'm, again, I'm very direct. I'm very sure of myself. Um, and sometimes they can find that very intimidating. You know, someone who's so sure of themselves has a direction and then doesn't think metaphorically. He, you know, always sees, sees the, the life in, in it with, I guess, life literally for what it is, you know, rather than what it could be and, uh, and without rose-colored glasses, you know, because that's what a lot of artists do. They'll think rainbows and unicorns and everything, life is so positive and you know, blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to get into that. So anyway, that's, you know, that's what I use to actually, um, 
uh, I guess, educate myself about my own personality type and identify my own fears. And I know for a fact that when I'm going overboard, when I go toward the negative side, I can catch myself. I can catch myself because for me, again, like I'll, I always joke that I'm like, I'm a compulsive complainer and, and, a, and a type one reformer. That's what I am. Remember I say there's nine different types of personality types. I'm a type one reformer. So I'm a type one. And we are just a constant, constant complainers. We see the flaws in everyone. And you know, the good part about me is that I can look at life and I can point out all the little flaws. But the bad thing about it is that I may tell you about all your little flaws, right? And I may be very rude and direct about it, you know? And on top of that, I have a lot of rules, rules because, you know, I see life as, you know, pretty much has a lot of flaws and I want to make sure I always make the right decision. But I want you to make the right decision. So I make, I may want you to live in my box, right? So I have to watch myself because, you know, you know, my, you know, as a type one, you do tend to teach a lot. You do tend to console a lot. And people do tend to come to you more often for advice. And it happens with all my friends. They said, Steve, what do you think about this? What do you think of that? And you get used to being this kind of like a, 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 a pseudo teacher, even though you're not. Or, you know, a, a pseudo psychologist, even though you're not. Or a therapist, even though you're not. Uh, this happens to a lot of type ones, right? They want business advice. They want love, love life advice. They want all these different decisions and all that. And, and here's the thing, because they, they trust you because you have this very good moral compass or they think you do. Uh, but you have to really watch yourself because that can get to your head. So again, with all these strengths, the, the, all these strengths that, that I have, they are, they are also my weaknesses. And this doesn't just apply to me. It applies to you and everyone. And I tell you what, this Enneagram, you know, it really has helped me identify my own weaknesses so I can, you know, check myself. And I tell you, it tell you what, it does take work. It's like lifting weights. You know, you have to practice, practice and practice so you can get healthier. And, uh, you know, again, you know, I'm a lot healthier than I was maybe about five years ago. Now I learned, I learned the Enneagram originally when I was maybe 18 or 19 years old, uh, just for screenwriting. But then my really good friend who was using it for self-help, and I, I, I didn't know that was a use for it. Uh, you know, she, she actually actually used it for self-help. And I said, wow, this is great. So when I got back into learning the Enneagram, and it was just when I was getting back into write, uh, writing, and uh, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to really dive into it because I, I just learned, learned the surface details of it. But then I dug really deep into it, how it, it actually applied to even biblical things, Jesus, it, it applied to that. Um, it, it even would apply to prayer. And, 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 it, and, it, and the greatest thing is that I started to see that, hey, it, you know, it applies to storytelling even more than I thought it does. So like how we say, like when we call in screenwriting terms, character growth, they call it personal growth, Right. So whenever I learned about personal growth, well, that's how my characters would grow, I guess, on, on the screen or, or in the story, the same exact way. And, and it worked out really great because, again, the characters that I would write, you know, they're not only are they canon to reality. Um, so you can say, so if you read my characters, or if you've ever read my books or, or, my, or my stories, you'll say, wow, you know, these characters remind me of people I really know in real life. Um, but then the way they, the way they grow will also remind you 
of real people in real life. It's, wow, my friend actually did get out of his funk by doing this. And that's also really great. And so, so people can learn literally from watching, you know, these TV shows that are with really well-written characters. Now, unfortunately, there's not many good movies nowadays that take the carefulness that I do to write my characters. I mean, every single character out there is more like a, you know, a, a, a different form of a, of a challenger or a different form of an achiever. Uh, and they're just have like, like The Rock when he writes his own movies and he produces his own stuff. Uh, he's never weak. He is never uh, vulnerable. Uh, same thing like Vin Diesel, they're always the perfect character. And, uh, and, and that's the problem with you have, like when you have like, uh, uh, you know, movie actors producing their own stuff and, you know, writing themselves into every single movie. I, I think The Rock has a, has a sitcom out right now about himself running for president and a flashback in his like younger life. And his young character, his, the Little Rock, is perfect. His character is perfect, like no flaws whatsoever. By the way, uh, if we're talk- we're, we're, I'm going off on a tangent, guys. If you're, if you're talking about like what, what to watch on Netflix right now, you got to check out this Netflix sitcom called The Crew. It's really great. The Crew is uh, it's about, um, it's about a NASCAR crew. And again, the characters in there are just the unhealthy version of every single almost personality type out there. So you have a really good plethora of different personality types, but they're all the unhealthy versions of it. So, and then, and then it's written very well. And it's very obvious when you take a look at them and say, wow, these characters are just great. So from episode one, uh, it's, it, it's, it, it starts off with a bang. There, now there's only 10 episodes. So I'm watching, I'm rewatching all of them again because they're just that much fun. But the, again, I think from episode one, you'll enjoy it. And then you'll get, if you just, you know, give it a couple episodes and you'll really start to really, really like it. I promise you that. And it's really a lot of fun. It stars Kevin James. So uh, that guy's really, really funny. I think he also produced it. But what's great about Kevin James is that he's very vulnerable. So he'll make fun of himself. He has his own YouTube channel and he just makes fun of himself all the time. You know, you know um, he, he, he always has characters that are never strong. They're always highly flawed, right? You know, uh, Mall Cop. He was in Mall Cop. He was in that. He all stars um, besides uh, Adam Sandler. Um, and and I think in a lot of the sitcoms, he's always he he always likes to use his own name. So he's he's also Kevin in this in this um, TV show called The Crew, well the Netflix show. It's not really a TV show, right? But anyway, guys, uh, that's all I have for today. You know, it's uh. I hope this wasn't too boring for you folks, uh, but you know, I just wanted to talk about something different rather than bad barbecue and politics right now. I, I promise when I get back from all of this, you know, uh, I guess tomorrow, I'll have a lot more stuff to complain about. Trust me, <laughs> there's no shortage of stuff to complain about. But anyway, I'm just having a, I'm in a good mood today, so I just couldn't lay it all out for you. Lay out all the negative stuff for you. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later.